Welcome to Spilling the Broadway Tea. I'm Kaylee. I'm Ian. And today we have a special guest, our good friend, Holly. Hey, Holly. Hey. The reason Holly is here with us today is because we are going to be talking about a show that she especially loves. How many times have you seen this show, Holly? Different productions? I think five. And, like, specific, like, occurrences of this show? Um, I've seen, I saw at least, each one of those I saw at least twice. So that's 10 right there. And some of them I saw like four times. So she's obsessed. <laughs> okay. So we are talking about hairspray. With first, what drew you guys to Hairspray? Okay, Holly, why don't you go first? Um, I really love the movie. I thought the movie was so much fun. And when actually Ian, I, Ian and I did the show, mm-hmm. and that was just one of my favorite experiences in a show. So it was just so much fun from beginning to end. Yeah, well, she took my answer, so. Yeah, I, um, my first the experience movie. Saw the movie was the movie. Wait, now, which movie did you see? Yeah, I'm old, but I, and that's just, it's still the new movie. Okay, I was wondering. Oh, yeah. Cause, <laughs> I saw the new movie first. Yeah, so just to be clear, we all saw the 2007 musical film. Exactly. Not the John Waters, the original in the 88. I have seen that. I've seen, I've that, seen that too, too. yes. But that's not what we saw first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all went backwards. Yeah. yeah. So... We are talking about Hairspray. You know, um, Alan Shankman, I believe, was the director of the 2007 movie that they made after the 2002 Broadway musical. And it was so successful. And um, really, honestly, if you're talking about musicals that were first movies and then they turned them into a musical and then back into a movie musical, Mm -hmm. like I can't think of a more successful. Oh, yeah. I can't think of many that have done that. No. I think there was Little Shop that did that. Little well, because there was, was like an old, it was old, old fiction. Yeah. Yeah. And then producers did that. But still, neither one of those were no, nearly as nearly. successful as I Hairspray. Agree, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if they ever made a... If any, if we skipped any, um, <laughs> let's comment below um, what are musicals that were movies, then a stage musical. Where are they going to comment below, Ian? I don't, Instagram, Facebook, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> Below, on the podcast. No, they'll just write it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Send it in. <laughs> <laughs> My P.O. box is on a hot one. But I guess if they ever made a movie of the musical of, like, Legally Blonde, but even that Please wasn't... No. That wasn't near as successful, on even on stage, as this no. was. What else was, like, super successful movie, then they turned into a musical? Grease, but that was already like no. Grease wasn't like a story. I, I lie. That it went back. It was a. I mean, yeah, right. It was on wrong. stage, and then it was then a movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Mean Girls. <laughs> Didn't have near as much. Yeah, but if they ever filmed, yeah, the new musical of Mean yeah. Girls. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um. I mean, if they filmed Groundhog Day, but that wasn't very successful. There's, I mean, yeah. Well, and I think the also the difference between. 
what did you just say as an example? Grease. Grease. The first, the hairspray, the original hairspray movie wasn't a musical. Right. So. No, it wasn't. But also Grease, the musical, the movie was a musical based off the stage musical. Right. So I he, got that he was just completely wrong. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was off the mark there. But something they do share is that like throwback nostalgic sentimentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's that for a bridge? Um, segue. <laughs> so, uh, who wants to give us a little recap of Hairspray? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hairspray is pretty much the story of Tracy Turnblad. She watches the Corny Collins show every day with her best friend Penny Pingleton. And they, the host of the show, Corny Collins, announces that they're going to have open auditions to fill the newest uh, opening in his show. And she decides she wants to audition. And when she shows up, the producer of the show, Velma Von Tussle, says that she shouldn't be allowed to be on the show because of her size. And Because Tracy's the... overweight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And along the way, she just it's a story about her eventually getting on the show, making new friends. And there's a big plot, sideline plot, where on the show, there's uh, all the kids are white. And once a week, they have... Once a month. Sorry, once a month. I, oh my gosh. Once a month, they have a show for just black people. and Negro Day. Negro Day. Yeah. And so it's a, a big thing between her being included because of her size and the black characters being included because of their race, trying to integrate the show. And there's also a side storyline of Tracy having a love interest mm-hmm. with, with the, yeah. the, the guy on the show. The yeah. guy on the show, Link, who is in a relationship with the producer's daughter. On the, mm-hmm. There's originally. also um, um, an interracial uh, romantic subplot, and there's also the plot with Tracy's mom and dad. Oh yeah, kind of just mm-hmm. showing their sweet relationship. Mm-hmm. And because Tracy's mom is overweight, and so during the, mm-hmm. the whole show, it's kind of about her accepting herself as well as Tracy accepting herself. Because Tracy never really has that feeling of like self doubt. She always believes in herself. But her mom is the one that really struggles with the weight, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Basic plot outline of the show. So, a little bit of history of Hairspray. Uh, The Corny Collins show was based on the original Baltimore show, the Buddy Dean show. Mm -hmm. Buddy Dean was a guy from Arkansas, apparently. And his show was kind of a... It was very similar. Yeah, it yeah, was, um, it was to a, the, the Corny Collins show. Yeah, and it was competing with American Bandstand. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they even would like black out American Bandstand in Baltimore yeah. because there was like but, a competing thing. Uh, yeah, I was reading when you mentioned I was reading. So apparently, if an act was on American Bandstand, it could still be done on, on the Buddy, the Buddy Dean, Dean, show. Dean show, but not vice versa. If you were on the Buddy Dean f- show first, American Bandstand, Bandstand wouldn't take. Yeah, you. they wouldn't take you. But also, it was interesting, their Negro Day, which they had, was every other day, uh, every other week. Okay. So they had about two a month. So a little bit more. Yeah. And apparently, the, the producers of the Buddy Dean show originally did want to integrate the show, but when they pushed for it, the kids said that their parents wouldn't go for it, and mm-hmm. it just didn't happen, and the show got canceled yeah. because they did not actually successfully integrate. So... It wasn't a success like it was in the musical, but uh, I thought a lot of the things about that show were actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I-, I was surprised to see how closely the show mm-hmm. paralleled it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The Buddy Dean show. Yep. Look it up. It's pretty interesting. 
I was surprised. Also, especially though that like apparently Dick Van Dyke did have some like they went head to head with Buddy Dean and some of that. Not Dick Van Dyke. Dick. Dick. Um. Dick. Um. Oh my God. I, I, I was about to feel like Dick huh? Van Dyke. Clark. Clark. Yes. Yeah, Dick, Dick Clark. Clark. I was like. Yeah. Van Dyke. No, not Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I love Dick Van. I mean, I like Dick Clark too, but um, all the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> But another musical, Carol King, um, she actually made her debut on the Buddy Dean show singing her first hit that she wrote when she was like 15 or 16 years old. Mm, wow. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Carol King. Yeah. Because I like beautiful. Music. Yeah. 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 So um, John Waters decided to make this movie, Hairspray, based on this Buddy Dean show controversy. Mm-hmm. You know, he turned it into the Courtney College show. And the original movie had uh, Ricky Lake, the talk show host. When she was kind of a teenager, she mm-hmm. played Tracy. And then the famous drag queen, Divine, yes. was her mother. Which, you know, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most, like, the biggest role Divine did and what she's most known for. I think but, so, yeah. Um, that was very iconic. And apparently, John Waters did... Well, didn't have... Divine voice Ursula? She, thinking... she was no. the base. She the basis. The... That's something you know. She was what the character was inspired Yes. She was inspiration. Ursula is what they're talking about. Yes. Ursula Mermaid. from Little Mermaid, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sidetrack. But uh, when they decided, I guess one of the producers was homesick and was watching the 1980-whatever Hairspray and really loved it, contacted John Waters and was like, I think this should be a musical. And he was like, yes, by all means, that sounds like a wonderful mm-hmm. idea. And he was available throughout, but apparently he didn't <clears> want to have too much control or anything because... He recognized that as a musical, it would need a new voice. The old yeah. show was, it was fairly cynical. It was. Well, that's, that's John Waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I find that the musical, it tends to go, I mean, it's cynical in some ways, but it, it tends to go with a quirky, uplifting feel. Yeah. Yes. You I, feel I, I, a yeah. lot better after watching the musical than you do the original movie. Definitely. I, yeah. I, I would never walk away from Harrisburg going, feeling cynical about. <laughs> about life. Like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so he stayed, you know, in touch and everything, but he wasn't a driving force. And, um, actually they got, who was it? The guy that directed Chicago, the movie. To direct the show? They were, they got him involved with um, it very early on. Rob Marshall? Yes. Yeah, they con- contacted Rob Marshall about directing, but he was working on Chicago. And then they brought Adam Shankman in. I've watched a lot of his stuff on So You Think You Can Dance, Adam Shankman. You guys not familiar? No, not really. No, I'm the only one who watches dance television, apparently. Yeah, Yeah. that's not a thing (laughs) I watch. Well, going back to Divine, I just think it's so interesting that something that isn't seen, like, drag queen culture today is so of the norm now, but, like, Mm -hmm. to have such a... It's more of the norm. More of the norm. For us, it's for us, us, it's norm. The complete norm. But to just have it like so much more of the norm now than to have such an iconic what has turned out to be such an iconic movie when Mm -hmm. it originally happened to have a drag queen playing one of the main roles. I think is just very cool to me. Well, and John Waters when they were casting the musical, like he was really like he's like Ricky Lake and Divine Man. Like, how can you replace them? What do you? do and obviously they found amazing replacements Re- yes. people yeah. in um uh, melissa nikki blonsky and well, John Travolta. well no in the, in the on the yeah okay, in the sorry. musical you know marissa 
Marissa, Janet, Janet Winokur, yeah. and then um, Harvey Firestein. Oh, Harvey Firestein. Didn't he also write the book? Was that? No, he wrote the book of um, a bunch of stuff, man. I thought but, that was this. But no, he didn't write the book of this. Well then. But he's written the book about a ton of amazing things. Mm. And Holly just literally spilt <laughs> the, the tea. <laughs> well, we're up right by a bathroom. So we are. Pause. Please hold for technical difficulties. Spilt tea is being cleaned. Okay, so Holly loves Harvey Firestein so much that she spilt her tea um, about Harvey Firestein, and, and we love him too. I, um, well, you have feelings. I, I do like Harvey Firestein, but like, man, I don't. I wish he was in a singing role. I second that. I, I'm not a fan of his singing voice, especially when listening after to John Travolta. That being the one I was introduced to, mm-hmm. and hearing him sing the role, and then listening to Harvey Firestein sing the role, I was like, "Oh, this is not." It's just, it's a choice that I personally don't care for. You know, I feel like it's a choice. Like he's so iconic. Um. I don't know. I remember him from Mrs. Doubtfire. Whenever I was a kid, that movie came out. And there's a scene where he dresses up, you know, Robin Williams as the old lady for Mrs. Doubtfire because that's what he does. Yeah. And so I'm guessing Harvey, Harvey Firestein had cross-dressed or done drag or something like that Yeah. quite a bit before. Because, like I said, he did that way back in Mrs. Doubtfire. And, like, he's the expert on that. And, I don't know, something about him in that role, <clears throat> I think, connects... To people, if they ever, you know, if they grew up watching Harvey Firestein or whatever. And I have such respect for him as a writer that him yeah. in this role is mm-hmm. a little bit like, oh, that's so cool. But I understand his voice is like fingernails on a chalkboard. And I believe he would say that as well. Like, and yeah. I think, well, and I think part of it is like, that was, I think, both of our first exposure to him. Mm-hmm. So we don't have that mm-hmm. nostalgic yeah. feeling that mm-hmm. right others may have. But, uh, yeah, so the role of Edna is always played by a guy. How do we feel about, about that? I love that. I love that. That's one of my favorite things about mm-hmm. the show. Do yeah. you think it would change it if it was played by an overweight woman? Like, do you think that there would be more... We can't make the jokes that we make? I don't think it would be nearly as funny. I don't think it would ruin the show, but I, yeah, I just don't think, it, I don't think it would be as funny. I think a lot of the jokes are, look, I'm a woman kind of jokes. And mm-hmm. so I think if it was an actual woman, they just wouldn't play. Mm-hmm. But you do feel such, like, empathy for her, yes. I find. Oh, definitely. I think... Are you saying you, are you saying that you think it's more empathetic because it's a man? I don't... I don't know. I don't... I don't know. Because if it were a woman, would we feel uncomfortable about this woman putting herself up there for exposure like that? That's a good point. Because... Because, because it's because, a joke. And, it's, and yeah. the thing is, because with Tracy... She's not ever really self-doubting. Right. She's so confident. But it might be too real to see an actual overweight overweight woman on stage feeling... Self-conscious. Which, again, I feel like nowadays on Broadway that wouldn't be an issue. Maybe back then, in 2002. Motormouth teaches her to love herself the way she is. Right. In the end, she does embrace Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if it would be more effective if it were a woman. I just, again, I think a lot of the jokes wouldn't land the same way. And it has that, one of my favorites, I always wish I'd be the biggest thing in Brazier's, and then she looks down and she says, be careful what you wish for. I just think if that was an actual woman, it would, like, the fact that it's a man talking about how large his boobs are, I think that 
is so much funnier than if, like, I just think that would be one joke that wouldn't land. Mm. Well, it makes it, I don't know, the show's like a mixture of farce and I, I think incredibly it, serious mm-hmm. material. It walks a very fine line, but it does mm-hmm. it beautifully. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, because you do have such serious material with the, you know, the integration stuff and everything. And obviously mm-hmm. all of that is treated... I mean, that's joked on some when they go to... The racial? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they're all in detention, obviously. That's yeah. where they meet them. That they have, like... like Aren't they eating, like, fried chicken and watermelon and cornbread when they go to visit? Uh, I don't know. She looks... There's a whole... List buffet of, of yeah. foods, foods that they're well and i think that's why the role i love the role of penny so much is because she makes a lot of the jokes that but because she's so ditzy and everything oh, it's and, like a wide-eyed yeah mm-hmm. and she i think really bridges the gap of like like i just know that there's a line where she's like we're we're hanging out with black people <laughs> like just that like her pure excitement for it and yeah. I just think that her role really serves as the connection to... Yeah. I was reading um, in researching the show that they were really... Some of the producers and stuff were very hesitant to allow that uh, I Know Where I've Been number to be the 11 o'clock number. They wanted to give it to Tracy because that's, you know... That's She's, usually... Yeah, the main character, yeah. Right. The 11 o'clock number goes to the main character. We're talking about their journey and this is... You know, it comes to a head. Mm-hmm. But instead of making the integration a subplot that gets dealt with and resolved. It puts they, that front and center. Exactly. They get the 11 o'clock number mm-hmm. focusing on this neighborhood, focusing on this community. Well, I think it's interesting that by putting that as the 11 o'clock number, you put Tracy as almost a point of view character, even though she does have her own issues. Right. But she becomes the point of view character to this racial story. Mm-hmm. And I, like we were saying, I think it's so it's such a fun show. It's such a happy show. But having that as that 11 o'clock number really focuses in this is the issue of this show. Mm-hmm. The show, the big thing that we're trying to solve is the integration. And it reminds you, like, that is what this is really about. And then it was so successful, they said, after they put it in, the audience is just like, everybody, mm-hmm. that's what they walk away from with this show. It was so successful. And now, to the music. is the first song that was written for the show. It was actually kind of the first one that they came together and were like yeah. to prep the show and see how the show would go. And that's Good Morning Baltimore. Um, which I think we were talking about earlier about how the, sh- how the show is kind of cynical. I would say this is one of the more cynical songs. Yeah. Where Because, you know, there's the flasher who lives next door. The rats. The rats. <laughs> the thing is, I think this is a great opening number because it gives the setting, it gives the place, it shows all the dirt and filth of the city, but it shows Tracy's character Optimism. right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Tracy is singing it. It's such an upbeat, positive song. And she's singing about all the people that she passes on the street. And she's so excited about it every day. 
Yeah. Yeah. She's happy to be alive. Yeah. As far as opening numbers go, I think it's pretty good at setting up the whole show. Yeah, definitely. Okay, then we get The Nicest Kids in Town, which sets up the Corny Collins show. Mm-hmm. Sets up, like, um, the... Pretty... Because... I would say the Corny Collins show, like that set, mm-hmm. is probably the most important set of the musical. Mm-hmm. Because that's where, in general, the most important parts happen. That's where the main... Um, conflict? Conflict occurs, yeah. Right. So, um, and that's a great song. Um, it's, I mean, it's... It's funny. It's, it is funny. Another, that's another cynical song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, then we have... Uh, Mama, I'm, I'm a Big Girl. Yeah. That's a cute mm-hmm. sextet. I really love that song. I just think it's so cute, and it shows... It's such a shame it wasn't in the movie, though. Mm-hmm. I know. They play it at the credits, in the credits. Yeah. But it's not... I just think it's so cute. It has all those... Like, the six girls in the show just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the double meaning of the big girl. Big girl. And, 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 yeah. yeah. And for the each one, it means something sort of different. Yeah. Which is cute. And then I Can Hear the Bells. Honestly, when I first saw the movie, this was the first song that made me go like, oh, I really like this show already. Really? Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know why. I think, I don't know. I loved her daydreaming. And I loved how funny it was. (laughs) Like, she imagined herself, like, going to, what what base does she go to with Link in the Um, show? Like, oh, I can't uh, remember, but. We'll go all the way, but... Uh, I won't go what, all the yeah, way, but we'll go pretty, pretty far. far. Yeah. I just love that she's so, like... I don't know. It was. It just cracked me up yeah. that Tracy was... Well, I love that song because, I, having done it, I mm-hmm. love the harmonies in that song. Okay. That's a fun song to sing the harmonies in. I think I think it just convinced me that the songs in this show were very well written Yeah. when oh, I heard that song. And that song lends itself so well to comedy mm-hmm. when it's on stage. Like, it's such a cute song to listen to, but seeing it on stage, it just lends itself to so much more, because to show that she's daydreaming, a lot of, like, everyone's frozen, and so the moments where people choose to unfreeze and repose, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we have The Legend of Miss Baltimore Crabs. This one actually, um, it, it took them a while before they got to this one. Mm-hmm. There was a, another version of, oh, what was it called? Uh, there was Velma's Cha-Cha and the Status Quo, but I think it was, those were a lot harsher. And they didn't, um, they, the audience felt it was too much to see Tracy being verbally abused right after, um, I Can Hear the Bells. So they, I guess they opted for Baltimore It fits it better to make it about Velma It does, yeah. She's so self-obsessed and it is about her, so. Well, and then I I love the, like, how pathetic. Like, it it, it, like, Baltimore and Baltimore crabs. Crabs. Like, (laughs) Yeah. That's and, and this one title she won thirty years ago. Yeah, that's what like that's what gives her her confidence. Which is so like sad. She, she holds herself on a pedestal because she won Miss Baltimore Crabs in like, yeah, you know, thirty something. <laughs> that's funny. I uh, wish my pageant title had given me that kind of confidence. <laughs> I uh, do. Don't we all? Yeah. So then next we get what's oh. next. I was just going to say that I think that the best version of Miss Baltimore Crabs ever, we have to talk about Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is no other to me. Just going to say that. <laughs> it was really good. Was when really that ca- good. the cast for Hairspray Live was released, she was the person single-handedly I was most excited for. Because mm-hmm. I knew, I was like, that, it will be, instantly become iconic, her number. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that was, for me, Hairspray Live, that was the 
mm-hmm. best part of the whole thing. That was the... Mm-hmm. She was the star. Okay, we have the Madison. That's the dance steps. Yeah, that's... Okay. I have personal issues with this one. So do I. As someone who, who was corny. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. His name is Corny Collins. He's... Yes, he's supposed to be kind of corny and fun. I don't find him, like, unbearably corny until mm-hmm. the Madison. Because all of a sudden he has these really, really bad lines. Um, <laughs> it's it's cringy. Like, I, I will say, like, I, I get what the Madison is there for. It's a great... It's a great... Because it's more of a scene. There's no... Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any singing in it. And if there is, it's like... Baby. Oh, yeah. That. But other than... It's, it's a scene. Well, yeah. and in the movie, it was what song? It, they replaced it with... Um, Lady's Choice. Yeah. Which is a fun song for Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. That was a good song. But it's... Yeah. it's it serves more... Is That's where Tracy is really getting on the show. That's where she... That, yeah, that's where Corny right, sees her Right, and they did the dancing, nice yeah. skin town reprise. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's her getting on the show, yeah. And then Velma's Revenge, which is a reprise of her song. Mm-hmm. And then Welcome to the 60s. That one's so fun. That one's a lot of fun, yeah. Other than that, I don't... I have nothing to say about that one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole scene in a song, so that's nice. I guess, I guess that's more... It is, yeah. I think that that's more of... Tri- um, Edna's That's story. Edna's transformation. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah. Sort of. That's the beginning of the it. The beginning of it, yeah. The beginning of it. And I think, although that is probably one of the most stressful songs for Edna, because she has that... Both of them have those big costume changes. They have um, those big mm-hmm. costume changes from... She, Edna goes from wearing her... Yeah, like her like house... House coat to her big fancy dress and her hair done up yeah. really quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, so much fun, and that's where the dynamites. That's their oh the song. dynamites. Yeah, that's their mm-hmm. that's their main song because they cut um, nicest kids. No, 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 new ki- new kid girl, in town. New, new girl, girl in, town. in town. Yeah, they um, cut it, or it was in the movie and not. It, in the, it, it was, was in the show, and then it was okay. cut. Hmm. And then they re-added it for the movie. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, which is seaweed's introduction. Yeah. Oh. Is that the first time we seen? No, that's not, no, his, that's that's not, not his introduction. Not introduction but that's, but that's, his, like, that's his big um. That's his big solo. number. Mm-hmm. Which can be done so well. Mm-hmm. And then we, from there, we get, end up uh, at Motormount's house and her introduction. Big blonde. Of big blonde and beautiful. And that's the number where Edna is really gaining her confidence. Yeah, that's that's more about Edna's story there too. Mm-hmm. Because that's what she's like. That's when they're saying, we want to protest, come protest with this. And Tracy says, me and my mom will be right in front. And she said, and Edna says, no, I can't. I can't mm-hmm. not looking like this. And Motormouth has said, that's when she's like, you need to be proud of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I just, that song cracked me up because of how much they talk about food. <laughs> she just. So much food. It's about food the whole time. Bring on that <laughs> pecan pie. <laughs> I get so annoyed when people say pecan. Me too. I hate that. Yeah. It's pecan. It is pecan. Let's try. You could not sing that line as pecan. No, no. And, that, <laughs> and it's and praline, to... not praline. Like, I just can't. I don't... It's, isn't it... there like a W in that word? No. No. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then Act 2 opens up at the Big Dollhouse. I don't have feelings about that song. I like that song, and I, I was upset to see it was cut from the movie. It's not my favorite, but I do enjoy that it's a tap number. So mm-hmm. I do enjoy that aspect of it. Open an act two with a tap number. Of course. We're going to have to do an episode one of these days where we talk about the best opening act two tap numbers. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Good morning, Baltimore. Reprise. I love that song. 
because it, because <laughs> the line, the line um, I'll eat some breakfast and change the world. Like she's so sad and like she still got food in her mind. And I just think it's so funny. That's my favorite line in the whole show. Um. Then it, oh okay. Then yeah, you're timeless to me. I also take issue with this song. Why? Because it goes on too it's long. It's so oh, long. Okay, okay. And then there's a reprise. And the reprise is long. It's a so funny, but I and I think the audiences love it every I time. Do. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely I always crowd pleasing. It, but I think but it just goes on too long. It being in the show and waiting <laughs> for it to end is just like hearing it every night, waiting and waiting and waiting for it to end. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's still going without love. I love that song. It's a fun song, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about that song later. Okay, I know where I've been. We, this is our eleven o'clock mm-hmm, number little, that we talked yeah. about. And then we have the whole final deal with the, you know, it's hairspray, cooties, and going into You Can't Stop the Beat. Mm -hmm. You Can't Stop the Beat is a fabulous finale. I think one of the best finale songs. I agree. It really... Yeah. It really encompasses the whole story there. And it shows up on all of those, like, musical theater kid, you have to, like, know this song, you have to sing along with this song. I think if you were ever in this show... Or you ever learned this song for anything? Yeah. You can't stop yourself from singing along with that it's, one. And that's it's long, and to actually perform that song is takes some physical work. But it's exhilarating for the audience too to mm-hmm. watch that I'm song sure. because of all of the dancing and because of just everything that's yeah. It wraps the whole story up really nicely. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into some of the stars that have been attached to Hairspray. Okay. about a million um because lots of people like okay first of all there's some several really good characters in hairspray and Mm -hmm. most of them get a song and so yeah i think that that makes them more likely to do the show Mm -hmm. should we just go by character i mean i don't want to hit everybody okay let's go by like by um at least like me era kind of like work yeah so the original one we already talked about ricky lake and divine Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. really all we need to talk about from the old movie. Yeah. Okay, so then we talked about the original Broadway production in 2002 with Harvey Firestein, Marissa and Jane Jarrett, sorry, Marissa Jarrett Winokur. Uh, Matthew Morrison. Matthew Morrison, Carrie Butler, and Laura Bell Bundy. Mm-hmm. Which, Laura Bell Bundy is Elle Woods, Carrie Butler is, oh, gosh, everything, Xanadu, and she's in oh, Beetlejuice Carrie right Butler. now. Butler, I love Carrie Butler. And, she's in Mean Girls. Yes. Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. yeah. We love Carrie Butler. Um, and Matthew Morrison, who, of course, is a mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, what's his name? Mr. Shu. Mr. Schuster. Yeah. And, and, you know, he did a lot in the Piazza and all kind of other stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in Footloose, too. Yeah. So, this, that, I mean, that production was stacked mm-hmm. with oh, people yeah. who were, be, would become amazing. And, and Harvey Firestein and Marissa... Mm-hmm. Jarrett Winokur. Won the Tonys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Aaron Tveit was Aaron Tveit replacement. replaced Matthew Morrison mm-hmm. at some point. Um, yeah. I know there were, uh, there were yeah, there, uh, Cassie, Cassie Levy, who's Cassie now Levy, Elsa. yeah, who else? Um, also, 
Alexa Vega, who played Carmen in Spy Kids. Which, <laughs> she was Penny. Well, there you go. She was Penny on Broadway. <laughs> so. Okay, and in the movie, the one we were all introduced to, and that is, of course, John Travolta, Nikki Blonsky, mm-hmm. Zac Efron, Jane, James Marston. Um, Queen Latifah. James Marsden, Queen Latifah. Yes. Uh, Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect. Allison yeah. Janney mm-hmm. is amazing as Prudy. She's so good. It's it's a, a small role, but like She's perfect. Perfect for that role, though. Yeah. Well, she went on and did Nine to Five on Broadway and played really? one of yeah she was she played one of the main characters in that. Mm-hmm. I bet she was fantastic. And Michelle Pfeiffer was a. Uh, which she's oh, my Michelle least Pfeiffer, yeah. favorite. Really. Of the Velmas. Oh, really? I love her Velma. And see, and that's the thing is, like, I grew up on Michelle Pfeiffer in musicals because she was, of course, she in Grease too. too. Yeah, <laughs> which is a cool. Oh my god, that writer. was one of my obsessions, y'all. Uh, oh, I cannot. Yeah, we won't get into my Grease Two yeah. obsession. Maybe one day we'll do Grease Two, just for fun. Not Grease, Grease two. just Grease Two. Yeah, exactly. Not Grease, Not Grease just Grease, Grease Two. Grease two. Because mm-hmm. anyway, so then um, I'm noticing the the 2011 Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, I didn't look at this. Was one. like. Original cast. A lot of... Okay, listen to this cast. Okay. So there was the original Harvey, uh, original Edna and Tracy, Marissa and Harvey. Drew Carey. Okay. Okay. Was Wilbur. Um, Darlene Love. I mean, I know you don't know who she I, is, but she's... Buttermouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, she was... She originally sang River Deep Mountain High. She was a huge star in the 60s. Hmm. Like, before Tina Turner was Tina Turner, there was Darlene Love. John Stamos. Oh, Corny Collins. Really? <laughs> yeah. And Nick Thomas. Jonas was, um, oh wait, I'm just seeing this one. Corbin Blue. <laughs> and Diana DeGarmo. Oh, oh yeah. Penny. Oh, uh, it was Penny. Um, but yeah, uh, Nick Jonas was Link. Corbin was st- Seaweed. Um. I need to see this. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of this cast, so I'm not sure where this is from, but. The Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, they do some big shows over mm-hmm. there. Like, I think, uh, that's where Vanessa Hudgens first did. Oh, Mimi. Mimi? Yeah, Mimi? with Mimi? the Rent okay. in Hollywood Bowl. They just did Annie in the Hollywood Bowl recently with um, Leah Salonga as Grace. And, um, okay. Yeah, some famous people. I can't remember who hmm. else. Well, and then, of course, there was the 2010 live um, production, which... The 2016. Not 2010. Did I say so. 10? I yeah, it's 2016. 10. And that was, of course... Um, we already talked about Chris and Chenoweth. Well, Harvey Firestein again. Oh, well, we didn't talk about Christopher Walken in the movie. Which we I forgot loved. Christopher Walken. I Christopher we Walken. forgot Christopher Walken. <laughs> He's precious. He is so adorable. <laughs> but here, okay, here's my issue: is that the first time I saw Christopher Walken in anything mm-hmm. was in Sleepy Hollow. Okay, so <laughs> as the headless horseman. Yeah. So when I first saw him in this movie, I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "It's the headless horseman," and I could not get that out of my head. It was the headless. Well, he had horseman. done so many creepy things. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what he was known for. And then he did this, and then they were like. Let's give Christopher Walken another musical. And they put him, put in, him in Peter, Peter Pan, Pan Live. Live. And he was so bad. bad. Oh, my God. Oh. He was awful. They literally came back from commercial one time. And he's like, wait, what? Uh, like, it was. Oh. I didn't watch that one. I did. So bad. I've watched. I didn't make it all the way through. Oh, I've watched every single one. <sighs> that was. I that You got a lot of courage there. I do. Me and Veronica, we stay up. We make a point. Oh, no. We stay up. We get our. I think I've missed two. I own The Wiz. I haven't seen it. No, I oh, think I missed, good. I missed The Wiz and Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm. There's really two I missed. I've seen all the other ones. I've seen everyone live from start to finish. Wow. Yep. I think only, the only one I've watched live, I think, was Hairspray. 
Rent. Rent. Oh, and Rent. I forgot. You experienced that with us? God. Th- that wasn't live. So it didn't <laughs> that's count. true. That was not live. <laughs> that, that's true. why I forgot it. It wasn't live. The one I had the hard- hardest time getting through was the Christmas story last year. That was. What? They uh, did that? N- yeah. No, the one I had the, the hardest Christmas time story, the getting through was Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood. That was the first one. So for me, that was the easiest because it was like. Oh, I say that. Like, I was on TV. <laughs> I, I say that and I finished that one. I never oh, finished Peter Pan. So. I was very mocking. I, I remember afterwards I was like, thank God for Julie Andrews. I mean, I like Carrie Underwood, but. Oh, and then um, what's her face was in it? Um, mm-hmm. Laura Benanti. She was she was the German the Austrian girl that he's supposed to marry, mm. and Christian Boyle was in it too. So they were just the two Broadway. Who was Christian Boyle? He was uh, Max, and they were just tearing it up like the two of them. Yeah, they were the best part of that. The secondary characters, and they were just like, like they were so good every time they were on stage. Mm. But well, so Hairspray Live, <laughs> Hairspray Live, Hairspray Live, um, featured Harvey Firestein once again, mm-hmm. married to Martin Short. Oh, I love Martin. That was Short. a their timeless to me was adorable. It was yeah, it was really good. Um, we had Jennifer Hudson in uh, Motormouth, mm-hmm. and Kristen Chenoweth. Yes, as we've discussed, and Dove Cameron. Dove Cameron Dove was Ca- so good. She was. Oh, she was amazing. Yeah, amazing. And then um um, and she's about to do Light in the Piazza. Yeah. yeah. In Chicago and in London. Okay. This also featured in minor roles Rosie O'Donnell and Andrea Martin. Mm-hmm. Andrea Martin was Prudy. Mm-hmm. And Rosie was the gym teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like a cameo, but she was there. And then there's and, um, Ariana Grande. Ari- <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Nope. Well, do we have to? We're spilling the tea, so we have to. She was That's the true. worst one in the show. She, That's she, the tea. She was that is the, the worst. tea. She was so not Penny, she was herself. She was herself, and when she sang the songs, she tried to change, like, I hate that, when people feel the need to spice up the songs yes. themselves. agreed. I, like, mm-hmm. every, like, there's rare- Penny doesn't do that. That that's is not opposed Penny. to the character. It's, there's rare, there's a time and a place for stuff like that, and Hairspray's not the show. Wait, did we talk about Amanda Bynes? We didn't. We did I just saw her <laughs> name on my Bynes. screen, and I was like, oh, poor Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes was- Adorable. She was she was my favorite Penny, my favorite Penny ever. Yeah, she was so good. I loved her, but Ariana Grande her shower curtain dress. I that is I love that. It was it's literally a shower curtain. Okay, look this up. In the movie 2007, the dress Penny wears, Amanda Bynes wears in the finale, was made from the shower curtain in her dressing room. Oh wow! Yep, and if you look along the bottom, it has like the the little um, circles, the little mm-hmm. holes, and, mm-hmm. and then the, another piece of the dress. It's really cute. Anyway. But anyway, yeah, Ariana Grande was trash. Okay, yeah. my my biggest issues. I forgot the first one. But <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that big? Wait. <laughs> <I> wait. <laughs> the lights went out. <laughs> no, my issues with Ariana. Oh, Ariana. Of course. Um... I just felt like she was trying to show off the whole time. Truth. She tried to show off vocally. And... Oh. Go ahead. Go okay. for it. Okay. Her dress in the finale was so oh. out of the time period. It didn't match anything. Yeah. And when they were like, because uh, Ariana and I forget who else, but Ariana and someone else in the cast sang for bows. So oh. while the entire cast was bowing, it was Ariana singing with someone else in the cast maybe Jay Hood I forgot but they while they were filming 
they cut away from Kristen Chenoweth's bow. So Kristen Chenoweth's bow was not aired because they cut to Ariana Grande. That's crap. I know. So angry. Which is like technically not her fault, but I blame her. Also, she ruined popular, so. She has talent, but I. I'm, I loved her. I know that she's. I yeah. I know she is a started with theater. Like I know that's how she got her start. But I just don't think that's where she is now. No, and and you need like no matter where you are in your career or whatever, the first role or goal is always to serve the, the character, to serve the role. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't do that with Penny at all. No. Maybe she didn't feel that was... Because every anytime you see... Like, the opposite of this is Vanessa Hudgens. When she yeah. did Rizzo and when she did um, Maureen, she wasn't showing off. I mean, I don't always love Vanessa Hudgens, yeah. but she was doing the character. I will give her that. Character. I'm not usually a fan of, of Vanessa Hudgens. Oof. Uh-huh. But I never... I'm, it's never... I'm never mad. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm like... Ugh. She doesn't pull you out of the role. No, no. Yeah. I'm not like, wow, that's just, that's... I mean, I Vanessa love her. Hudgens. I've always loved yeah. her. But I I, I, get, I completely get what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. she, she's not trying to be Vanessa Hudgens portraying this character. She's trying to be the, the character. character. Right. Well... Okay, so we've been talking about all these different versions. And just to recap, there's the John Waters movie. There's the 2002 Broadway version. There's the 2007 movie, and then there's the 2016 TV Live, all of which you should be able to find, like, somewhere. Some capacity, yeah. To some capacity. And, of course, legally, the movie, the live, and the John yeah. Waters movie. Yeah. was just put on um, Netflix. The movie? Yeah, the movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 2007, the two. So, lots of options to see lots of different versions of it. And if you're anything like our community, then you should have a lot of... T- uh, opportunities to see it live because everyone does it all the time. Yeah, somebody's doing hairspray junior down the street right now. What Kaplan? Yeah, Kaplan. They're doing hairspray junior, hmm. which is hilarious. Okay, tell us what's so hilarious about it, Holly. Are they all white? No, no, no. Just oh, the okay. junior version in general. Oh, is, the junior version is hilarious. It's yes. so funny. The parts they choose to cut out and how they choose to make the transitions smoother like how to transition smoothly using the parts that are cut out it's so funny and the lines they have to change because it's a junior version yeah some are not always necessary but yes because like but i think the most egregious one was like the The, one about now i've tasted they okay so so there's a line in the show (laughs) that is so now i've tasted chocolate and i'm never going back it's sung by penny and without love in the junior version the line is changed for some reason to, now, and now that I've had chocolate, I, I want Hershey Kisses now. Oh, it's Which, not better. It's not better. It didn't clean the lineup, any. I don't know why they changed it, but I'm glad they did. <laughs> just so we have something to laugh about? Yes. <laughs> yes. We've, we've neglected at this point to mention um, that the composer of this show is Mark Shaman. Oh, we're going to get there. <laughs> well, we're there now. We're
Scott Whitman, um, and we think Mark Shaman did a good job with this show. I love Mark Shaman's work. I do too. His work on Smash, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. He's got a great pop style. Like he has a. a I think he has a great jazz style too. Yeah. Well, and as we talked through the music, we every song we there wasn't one that we were like, ah, I didn't care for that song. Mm-hmm. Every song in this show gives something. Every song has... And they do a mm-hmm. very good job of telling the story. And that's, oh, of course, yes. the yeah. importance, yeah. you know, the thing that has to do. It won a ton of awards. It did win a lot like, of awards. we've been talking about a bunch of shows who where we were kind of surprised that they didn't win this or they didn't win that. Or well, they... here's a show that won... Yeah, it won what it was nominated for, for the most yeah. part. Which was Best Musical, Best Original Score... Best Direction of a Musical by Jack O'Brien. Best Book of a Musical. Best Performance by a Leading Actor, Harvey Fierstein. Best Performance by a Leading Actress, Marissa Jarrett Winokur. Best Performance by a Featured Actor, Dick Latessa. I don't even know I who that is. I think he was... Let's check. I he want to say probably, he was Wilbur. Yeah. Wilbur. Now, um, Jerry Mitchell was nominated for choreography and didn't win. Orchestrations was nominated and didn't win, so was Scenic Design. Uh, costume design did win, and then lighting design was also nominated and didn't win. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a lot of awards, y'all. Has it? Okay, so and also won Olivier's too. Yeah, it did best new musical, best actor, best actress, and best performance in a supporting role. It says Tracy Bennett. I wonder who that was. I wonder if it was Penny. Let's find out. Uh, Tracy Bennett was no, not Tracy. Um. That was Velma. Oh, wow. Okay. Velma won Velma, award. and then, was it Michael Ball? He won for Edna. Yeah. That's, naturally. Yeah, that's pretty... Normal. Oh, and then Leanne? Jones probably won for That Tracy. was Tracy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you want awards, yeah. play Velma. Mm-hmm. No, Edna or Tracy. Edna or Tracy, that's what's going to get you Apparently awards. you can do it with Velma, too, if you're in yeah. UK. And Wilbur. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was surprised that Wilbur Wilbur's won. not that large of a... Yeah. But there's lots of good roles in this, like there I are, said. That's why are. people... Well, and there's a, lot of, yeah. there's a lot of roles that are all good at different things. Mm-hmm. So... It's a real ensemble yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Tracy is a big role. And I, I like that it showcases... It can showcase people who may not normally be getting the lead roles in your... Exactly. In yeah. your theater. Yeah. Yes, it does. It, it really does. And another thing is... Personally, like, Tracy is the main character, but to me, she's one of the least interesting characters in the show, just because... Well, she doesn't go through a change. Like, no, she's the protagonist, she's... but she doesn't have the the mm-hmm. journey development. She's kind of, like, she it's is like... the catalyst to the changes of all the other oh, characters. Yeah. yeah, it's like you were saying, she's kind of the view that we see it the, through. Um, yeah, our... Mm-hmm. What did I call it? Our point of view. Point of view character, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... So I think that's interesting because normally the main character is the one that is experiencing like mm-hmm. having that development every and going through her personal journey and it's really not it's mm-hmm. how she how she is helping all everyone else go through their journeys right which I think is just an interesting way to tell the story. So would you say that maybe 
Tracy's not the protagonist. She's the, maybe the main character, and the but she's not the protagonist who changes. Well, she. I don't think she changes. Who would you say is? I think the person who really changes the most is Edna. I really think that she's the one that goes through the biggest personal change. And I think, Link? as a whole, the story... Link changes some, too. Link does yeah. change a lot. Link goes through a very big change. Because he starts off very yeah. shallow, and then... But I think that's really a lot of people who get, like, I think, enough... I, and I think the big change, change in the show isn't necessarily character changes. I think That's it's, true. That, yeah. I, I don't think the show is... A lot the of shows... The protagonist is Baltimore. <laughs> no, it, it, and it, you try to be deep, y'all. No, but you say that, but it kind of is. Like I, that's kind of the point. I love that. That's amazing. Yep. Because it's good morning. Good morning, Baltimore. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's good morning, Baltimore. And most shows, it's about the character journey and the character change, and this is not. It's about societal. And change. and then Baltimore has crabs. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's about yeah. It's about the change in society. It's uh, it's a, wow. That's. We just took beat. hairspray to a whole new level. You can't stop the Baltimore. <laughs> okay, so impact <laughs> on community. I feel like the the score of this kind of brought a resurgence of pop to mm-hmm. um, Broadway at a time. It was before. It was pre Wicked, right? Yes, the year before Wicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two thousand three and Wicked's two thousand four. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, like we said, successful movie to musical, back to movie musical. Mm-hmm. You know, the significance of that can't be overstated. So many no. shows have followed in its footsteps, trying to capture of what, what, yeah. what it did. And and if you're talking about community impact, put on a show, hairspray. You're never you're gonna have record auditions mm-hmm. turnout and the sellouts. Like but, that is a show people turn out to. I will say Hairspray is a show that is quick to get criticism from yeah, local from from local people because of minority issues. Well, it's hard to cast mm-hmm. if It is you, hard to cast, yeah. Yeah. And so and if you don't cast it appropriately, it's one of those where you can't really do the colorblind casting because that's what it's about. Yeah. So you can't do hairspray that way. You have to have the people right to do the show. You can't get away with not having the necessary people to do the show. Yeah. Right. Because anything else is just completely insensitive. Mm-hmm. That's all there is so, to yeah. it. And so it it is tricky when yeah. you're if you're so if you're considering hey we should do hairspray. Maybe just make sure you have the right people. Yeah. Absolutely. And you sure you have those people and you're not going to be... No, resorting to things that you should not do. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. I think when you when you license the the show mm-hmm. in the script, there's like um, a whole like page that's like, you cannot blackface, you cannot do this. Right. About, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speed round. Okay. Favorite role? Okay. Penny? Penny. Corny. I'm biased. Uh, me too. Yeah, she played Penny. He played Corny. I like Penny just because, honestly, that Amanda Bynes portrayal. Really Amanda like Bynes it. as it's Penny adorable. is so... And I can't believe we forgot to talk about it. Like, yeah. it's so good. I think she's just the funniest. I think every... Her with that damn sucker. I know. I think every single one of her lines is a joke. Every single one. I think... Mm. If it's not, you're not doing it right. I love that she's not at all intimidated by Tracy's success. Like, she's just there for it. She's, she's like, this she's is so a, fun. My friend is successful, and I don't even care. Like, it's not yeah. me, but... She has that line where, 
um, Tracy's, I can't, I'm going audition. She's like, I'm going watch you audition. Like, <laughs> I love that. She's so simple, but man. Yeah. Okay. So charming. Anyway. Favorite song. Nicest kids in town. Without love. Without love. I'm feeling outnumbered here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it has all those kids. It's, it's funny. It has that. It, I love the dual couple thing. The two couples. Yeah. And it yeah. highlights the interracial couple. And it has that moment in the song where... I love where he rips out the, the, <laughs> the, the, the razor. The, the razor. <laughs> when he just happens to have it. It's great. Uh, I like... I, I don't know. I love, I love the, cynicism, the cynicism of Nicest Kids. But also, it's just... It's a fun song. Mm-hmm. It's the big dance number of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of big dance numbers. But I think that's, that's the, the... That's, that's like the, the one, first. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the first big dance number, I should say. Yeah. Okay, best things about it. In my opinion, I really love the 60s feel. I think that it does the nostalgia, the the portrayal of that very well in a way that makes people really enjoy it, kind of like Grease did for the 50s. Yeah, I really love the dialogue, which, I, I don't know, it's it's so clever. It, it There's is. So, like, it's almost everything being said is a joke. Even if it's an important plot, there's a joke. Mm-hmm. There's a joke, and it's and it's... It's 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 amazing. I love it. For me, it's everyone walks away feeling good after. I feel everyone walks away feeling uplifted. Everyone f- walks away singing. You can't stop the singing. Beat. Yeah, every like you, I don't. You can't not. I feel like you really can't not enjoy it when you watch it. Okay, worst things about it. Okay. For me, it does get a little preachy. I mean, it. I mean, yeah. Like it's that's that's the the es- the essence of the show. Mm-hmm. Is it? It is a preacher. It's it, a preacher. Yeah, just a little hitting a you little. over the head. With, yeah, except yeah. everyone. Yeah, if yeah. you judge anyone for anything, you if it might be unhealthy for them. Like, some people. <laughs> yeah. Have, but I don't personally have an issue because I feel like sometimes society as a whole needs that knock over the head. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. My personal least favorite thing about it is a very um, picky, nitpicky thing. But motor mouth. The majority of her lines rhyme, which I love about her. Like, everything she says, except for about two lines. They just didn't rhyme them. And I... It just annoys me yeah, to no end. The front door doesn't rhyme. <laughs> what door? The front, the front door. door. And there's just... There's no rhyme. There's no rhyme. And I'm like, why? I don't understand why they would just choose to not rhyme her these very few lines that she has. It, it bugs me really <laughs> a lot. So that's Hairspray. As you yep. can tell, we really enjoy it. Um, we would like to hear your impressions of Hairspray, what your first exposure to it was, if you saw the 2016, whose performance was your favorite, and if you disagree with us, we want to know about that too. Well, I just saw the first trailer for Beetlejuice, uh-huh. and so I'm really like now I'm I'm I was I was I was waiting to see more from it because I I wanted to like it, 
and having seen the the set and the costumes and everything, I'm 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 here for it. I, I I'm not like fully on board yet, but I'm like the I'm, first two I'm songs waiting. are like yeah. The first I heard the first iffy. songs and I was I didn't hate them. I didn't dislike them. I just mm-hmm. they didn't hook me right like I was hoping they would. So I'm still like I'm like one foot. I'm like over the fence, but like one foot is still like. Like you have to convince me, Beetlejuice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the set is amazing, though. The set there's is no, amazing. There's no discussion. The way it transforms. That. Um, anyway. Yeah, I am interested in seeing what is kind of come out about Tootsie, because um, Tootsie the musical yeah. is coming out. It's the last show of the spring before you know Tony stuff. When I was growing up, I really loved the movie Tootsie. I know you probably haven't seen it, guys. Um, we haven't. Yeah. I could answer that. Uh, yeah, we have I, was not. Like, I was safe in making that assumption. But it is one of the funniest movies of the 80s. And it is just... It's really good. But they're updating it. It's not taking place in the 80s for oh. the musical. And in the original movie... Um, so it's about a guy who dresses up as a, a woman to get a role because he feels like he can't get any more roles because he's got a bad reputation around town as an asshole. And so he's like, I'm going to go in and as a woman to get roles. And he gets cast on a soap in the, in the movie, the original movie. He gets cast on a nighttime soap opera and becomes very successful in this role, but he kind of gets a crush on his co-star. And so there's this like oh. kind of gay weirdness because she, he... Reminds me of Mulan. He, she is like the older woman to this younger woman and he does make a pass at her while in drag it's but then her dad has a thing for him her as the old woman so there's all kind of weirdness going on i love this on. wait i love this <laughs> yeah i um, i need to see this now yeah there's all kinds of stuff going on so when they updated it for broadway for the musical instead of making it on a soap opera he gets in a broadway show as a woman. So it's a show I'm within a show. I know it's a show within a show. I love a frame. Uh-huh. I love a frame. And it's current. It's updated. It's not okay. 80s. So um, Dustin Hoffman was, of course, in the original movie. And then this is Santino Fontana, who is... Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Hans? He was in Cinderella. Yeah, and he was Hans. Yes, he was yes, Hans. He was. In Frozen. In Frozen. So um, he's getting rave reviews, and I can't... I haven't heard anything from it yet. I've read a couple reviews when it was out of town in Chicago, but... Um, since I loved the movie so much, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm cool. excited. So, let's see. And then, of course, Hades Town is open. I'm still excited. I'm, I'm always excited about Hades Town. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was I'm waiting about. for the news to drop. I'm waiting for the release date to come out about the, the cast, cast album. album. The cast, I That's all I want. That's, yes, yes. I'm waiting for it. Yes. Will it wait for me? Oh, <laughs> go listen to Hades Town, y'all. <laughs> can't stress that enough. We go can't. listen to Hades Town. Yeah. Thank Holly, for, what are you oh, excited yeah, about? Yeah, what are you excited <laughs> about? Oh, that's what I, Kaylee took it. That's what I was going to say. Hadestown? Hadestown. Yeah. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for the cast album. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Well. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at... B-U-A-T at gmail.com. That's B-W-A-Y-T-E-A at gmail. You can also find us on Instagram at B-U-A-T. Same way it's spelled in the email. And B-W-A-T-E-A. Thanks, Ian. We are pretty active now on Facebook, thanks to me on Spilling the Broadway Tea. Was that shade, Ian? I don't did know she that. Did you? I think I she know. did. He, he posts on Instagram some. <laughs> <laughs> wow. His face. 
I had to convince him to go like the posts today on Facebook because he never goes on Facebook because that's for old people. No, it's just not for me. It's not for him. It's too political. Yeah. But not... Not when you're talking about Broadway. Not well, spilling the Broadway tea. Although, yeah, we have been looking at that Facebook uh, thing that's the, going the around. The local trend right now is you're this musical, you're that musical, your favorite, you're... It's going to get political. About musicals? I'm just joking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always there to judge people's choices about their favorite. Oh, uh, I've already done it. Already done it. That's my least, favorite thing to do is... Least really? favorite musicals, yeah. That, that's what you picked? Yeah. So if you've seen this, we'd be interested in your opinions on that as well. You can post it on our <laughs> Facebook page at Spilling the Broadway Tea. And thank you for listening. We hope you'll tune in next time to hear what else we've got to talk about. Bye! 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 <laughs> <laughs>